Hello, everyone, and welcome to this full moon meditation meeting. Before we get started, I just wanted to, well, of course, welcome all of you here, but also to inform you that we are having now, moving forward, Spanish translations for all of our full moon meditation meetings. You can access the Spanish uh, language translation by going to your Zoom bar, clicking the interpretation icon that has a globe on it as well, and then choosing um, Spanish language. So again, welcome everyone. Tonight we are working with the energies emanating from the sign Virgo. As many of us know, at the full moon, the relationship between the earth and the sun is in an unimpeded relationship. And at this time, spiritual energies of a very high order are more accessible to our planet and particularly to humanity. Our aim during this time is to take full advantage of these energies and through our focused thought and the power of our group approach to establish a lighted way between heaven and earth. This lighted way is a two-way bridge. The light of the intuition descends and illumines the mind while the radiance of humanity ascends, elevating in turn the threefold world of form. This lighted way exists as a result of a steady invocation of humanity over countless centuries, but especially because of those outstanding individuals who have achieved enlightenment and blazed a path back to the Father's home, symbolically speaking. These men and women are the senior members and initiates within the spiritual hierarchy of our planet, and they are custodians of this lighted way. The Christ stands at the very heart of hierarchy, one with the Father, and in a peculiar sense, the soul within each of us and within all things. He is this path, and it is through him and because of him that the lighted way can be tread by every sincere aspirant and soon by humanity itself. Group meditation is a means by which hierarchical intention can be anchored on earth. This intention is one with and really is the divine plan. And for this reason, it is the primary mode of service for the trained esotericist. This service requires the ability to focus the mind and to direct energy towards some, even if dimly sensed, objective. Those who are new to this work and who are not experienced meditators are, of course, still very welcome. Newcomers also find that, often find that if their intention is in alignment with this work and the will to serve is true, then they can make a significant contribution to the group endeavor. 
the presence of even two or three trained esotericists enables a vertical link, which allows the entire group to make the necessary approach. The monthly work at the full moon produces a rhythmic approach to hierarchy, and this helps to entrain the world of human thought with a divine intention which hierarchy holds. This rhythmic approach helps to externalize that intention, and it does so through enlightened thinking and through the creation of a magnetic rapport, which produces in time a similarity of vibration. This prepares the way for the externalization of the hierarchy in and among humanity and for the reappearance of the Christ, who is the august head of this great group. History tells of avatars who have appeared to humanity down the ages, always in response to the invocative cry of humanity for greater light. And today, this cry is louder and more consciously focused than at any time before in human history. And we can expect that those who watch over and guide the race will respond when, and not before, humanity initiates itself into the coming era of right human relations. The aim of our work in meditation here tonight, and really of all human meditation, is twofold. To invoke higher spiritual potencies, first of all, and of course, just as important, is to adjust the field of human consciousness to the higher centers contacted. These are the vertical and horizontal components of our work, and they should be considered as two phases of one effort. For that which is contacted in meditation naturally produces a change and movement in the levels of being where humanity is focused, lives, and exists. This change can and does radiate outward from the affected individual or group to others. And eventually, it affects human consciousness as a whole. The spiritual potency of even small groups meditating at the time of the full moon, therefore, should not be underestimated. When the center or the soul or the heart of all things is contacted, it can awaken almost automatically that same center in other units of life. Every individual and even every atom contains the seed of divine life and simply awaits the right stimulation to awaken it. The awakening of the gem of life hidden within the form is closely related to the theme of Virgo within whose energies we work. Virgo is Christ in you, the hope of glory. It represents the fusing and blending of the pairs of opposites, personality, and soul. In this sign, the personality, symbolically the mother of Christ, gives birth to the soul, the divine self, the Son, who is and knows itself to be one with the Father in heaven.
today humanity as a whole can be considered as the mother of this new life in the final stages of pregnancy and rapidly preparing for the birth of her son. The birth pangs can already be felt as crisis and difficulty appear on every side and in every field of human living. There is apparent darkness, an apparent spiritual deficit, and a seeming immorality on all sides. Yet, it is abundantly clear that this period of trial and crisis is invoking the light within humanity, and that the moment of birth cannot yet be far off. Humanity is the planetary light bearer, and as such, it blends the lower and higher. It is therefore both mother and child, soul and matter, fused and whole. It brings light and illumination to the world of form because it exists within and through that form. This task of letting in the light is therefore a sacred calling and one in which countless thousands of people from different spiritual traditions, of no spiritual tradition, and in every field of human endeavor are today participating. With this in mind, let us pause for a moment and bring before our eyes a vision of this united work, which extends across humanity. After a moment of pause, we will sound together the invocation of light. Radiance, we are and power. We stand forever with our hands stretched out, linking the heavens and the earth, the inner world of meaning and the subtle world of glamour. We reach into the light and bring it down to meet the need. We reach into the silent place and bring from thence the gift of understanding. Thus with the light we work and turn the darkness into day. Virgo stands as a representation of the divine feminine and as such is a symbol of form or matter. 
She is the perturient mother who guards the Christ or soul with the substance of her own material nature until such time that the measure of soul present within that form is developed and she can give it birth. In this sign, the forces of personality and soul are perfectly balanced. Being the sixth sign of the zodiac, it is appropriately represented by a six-pointed star, which depicts the relationship and balance of spiritual and material forces in mutual invocation and evocation. This right balance necessitates the spiritual nature first becoming the master and director of its form. This requires mental polarization, the cultivation of self-effacement, detachment, and intellect. The personality must be prepared and purified, ready to be what is symbolically referred to as the mother of Christ before that babe can be born. Once the infant soul emerges from the womb of the personality life, the task of purification is gradually relegated to a secondary position. As the soul reaches maturity, the field of service gradually expands beyond the individual self, and he becomes increasingly absorbed in world need. The third aspect of divinity, of which Virgo is one of the preeminent symbols, is closely concerned with the evolution of substance and its raising up into heaven. Virgo, the Divine Mother, reminds us that the path must be trod within the world of form, or the radiant surface of the earth, as it is referred to. She also reminds us that today, this spiritualization of matter is in process and not yet complete. The Assumption of the Virgin, a festival so appropriately celebrated by many Christian denominations, is a potent symbol of the consummation of this redemptive work. It is interesting that this festival is celebrated every year on August 15th, which is square in the sign of Leo. Leo and Virgo, as some of you may know, were once joined together into one sign. And of this union, the Sphinx is the lasting symbol. The mystery of the Sphinx, which many esoteric works allude to, concerns the relationship between the higher and lower mind in the work of the solar angels, which takes place upon that plane, the place where spirit and matter meet. Once the work of the solar angels is complete and this mystery exists no more than we are told, there will be a union of the signs Virgo and Libra or of earth and air signifying the bringing down of heaven to earth. Humanity, as the middle kingdom in our planetary life, 
is the key to the revelation of the mystery of manifestation and of the redemption of matter. It is a task that humanity is eminently qualified to perform because all three aspects of divinity converge and exist in man. It is up to humanity to glorify the nature of form, to raise it up into heaven. In this, through living rightly within the world, but not controlled by it. The true destiny of humanity lies far beyond our current comprehension. But we do know that this destiny must be lived, expressed, and then manifested in order to be revealed. The basic antagonism between soul and personality that is necessarily experienced in the early stages of the path must give way to a state in which the indwelling soul emerges triumphant. And the two aspects are brought finally and at last into right relationship. The right adjustment of the form to its indwelling life is key to achieving that peace which passeth understanding of which St. Paul wrote. This peace is the result of illumination which springs from right knowledge of the self and not self. The path to such understanding, of course, is long, difficult, and at times dark. And this is symbolized in Virgo by the darkness, quiet, and warmth of the womb. Virgo is also the valley experience, where crises are encountered, and the ascent towards the mountaintop lies before the aspirant. But before he or she can begin the arduous journey up that mountain, a time of preparation is required. The impediments inherent in the form nature must be purified, the lower nature tamed. These impediments include the many ideological prejudices, the reactive emotional nature, and of course the material appetites of the physical world. When present, these impediments cause the seeker to see through a glass darkly, and spiritual vision is impossible. In this state, crises appear out of all proportion to how they are in reality. Hopelessness sets in, and all that one can see is a withering of the law on all sides. And the path forward seems impossible simply because one cannot imagine it. Yet all the time the path is being tread, and the next step forward does exist. To consciously and joyfully tread the path requires some faith. It requires the employment of the imagination, and it requires the will to take one's lower nature in hand and transform it into a fit vehicle for the soul. All of this, of course, can be done with joy, with love, 
and with respect for all stages of the path and of the form nature itself. Many mystical traditions tell of a period of darkness that precedes the revelation of great light. Christ, in his superlative effort to stay pendant between heaven and earth, found himself suddenly and in his moment of greatest crisis, utterly alone. Even the blazing light of divinity, which was so glorious on the mountaintop, had become faint and distant. And though surrounded by humanity whom he continued to love, he was met there too with darkness. At the moment of his most intense trial, when Christ had given all he had and still remained stretched on the cross, symbolically and literally speaking, there occurred an event of tremendous spiritual significance, where in the bridge between heaven and earth, God and man was complete, and the path to the Father's home became available to humanity in a manner hitherto impossible. It is said that only in the darkness can God be known, and we see that only through the darkness of the crucifixion was Christ able to become and to know himself as the light of God in the fullest sense. It is important to highlight, though, that this dark night of the soul experienced by Christ and others is entirely distinct from the darkness which results from succumbing to the glamour, illusion, and maya incident to the three worlds. The true dark night of the soul is incredibly rare and only experienced at a very high state of spiritual union after one has stabilized the consciousness entirely above the vicissitudes of the three worlds. The darkness experienced by many sincere seekers on the path is frequently due to a lack of vision, a lack of faith, or an inability to lift oneself out of the mass thought and feeling of humanity. To overcome such darkness and to restore alignment, the same rules of the path that have been followed for centuries continue to offer sound guidance. These are the, the detachment, dispassion, and discrimination taught by the Buddha, the use of the mind as a means of union taught by Patanjali, and of course, the way of love and faith demonstrated for us by Christ. Today, many forms of occult meditation engage the imaginative processes of the visualization to create in mental matter that which the blended soul personality envisions. The exercise of the creative faculties in such a way reminds us that as humans, we are both form and of spirit. In the great scheme of planetary evolution, humanity does have a special role to play in the implementation 
of the divine plan on earth. Today, humanity is going through an acute experience of trial and crisis, and many liken this to a period of darkness before a coming dawn. It is important to keep in mind that humanity is not destined to suffer in any sort of darkness, but rather to move rapidly and directly into the glory of that rising sun. This requires a real creative effort to raise the consciousness into the mind and soul, for then all things can be seen as they are, both in a material and spiritual sense. On the path, crisis is not darkness, even though one may experience it so. True spiritual crisis is opportunity. It is a focusing of the light. It is precipitated when one's consciousness is focused in the soul and the mind is held steady in that light of the soul, such that this attitude conditions one's life, activity, and daily thought. To make the most of spiritual crisis and to propel one forward upon the path, one must be comfortable with and be able to attain to a state of spiritual tension. The Tibetan defines this tension as that moment of exquisite sensitivity which appears just as the life within reaches the point of breaking forth into the light, end quote. He further elucidates Quote, that moment of alert, conscious, anticipatory direction, which distinguishes the runner in the Olympic Games as he stands poised for his supreme effort and test. End quote. This is not to say that crises do not throw us difficulty and that temporarily, temporary failure is not acceptable. Failure is, of course, a part of the path, and really it's an opportunity to undertake a forcing process. Those of us who have chosen um, the difficult way, you know, humanity sometimes progressing on the clockwise manner, they, around the zodiac, they take the line of least, resist, line of least resistance. On the path, we have to reverse the wheel, and this does sometimes lead to temporary failures and setbacks. However, really, the forcing process itself and the experience of that failure is an opportunity. Crises always do produce effects, even if we do succumb to failure or are not entirely successful. They are part of the creative process of adjusting form to soul. Today, the problems of humanity appear to be ramping up in nearly every field of human endeavor. And it's easy to feel like that humanity maybe is falling short of the task with which it is presented. The crises increasingly become more pronounced and also at the same time, our tolerance for them is wearing thin. 
all of this contributes to an intensification of that point of crisis. And this itself is a forcing process, forcing human consciousness eventually into right action, into right relationship. Such an experience is not without profound struggle, without a disagreement as to methods, and of course, many mistakes being made on all sides. But despite all of this, humanity is steadily moving forward. And this steady forward motion into further crisis, into further challenges, is itself a guarantee of eventual success. Today is the International Day of Peace and also the beginning of the UN General Assembly's high-level week when world leaders converge on UN headquarters in New York for a full week of meetings and diplomacy regarding a number of, a number of vital world problems. It is a time of intense focus on these problems, which humanity has deemed especially worthy of bringing to light. What is very special about this day and really this whole week is that human, humanity comes together on a number of levels in what is a true and profound act of meditation and of invocation. Invocation, of course, is simply the conscious and intelligent focus of desire for a better world. I should say, on one level, invocation is the conscious and intelligent focus of desire for a better world. So now let us proceed with our meditation work tonight. We attain first to that state of alignment and balance, which is one of the keynotes of Virgo. In this state of detachment and poise, pendant between soul and personality, really in the soul, in the world, but not of the world. We recognize that we are both the mother and the child, the personality and the soul, and that we can know ourselves to be at one with the father. Letting in the light. We affirm the fact of group fusion and integration within the heart center of the new group of world servers, mediating between hierarchy and humanity. I am one with my group brothers, 
and all that I have is theirs. May the love which is in my soul pour forth to them. May the strength which is in me lift and aid them. May the thoughts which my soul creates reach and encourage them. Alignment. We project a line of lighted energy towards the spiritual hierarchy of the planet, the planetary heart, the great ashram of Sanat Kumara, and towards the Christ at the heart of hierarchy. We extend the light towards Shambhala, the center where the will of God is known. the higher interlude. Hold the contemplative mind open to the extraplanetary energies streaming into Shambhala and radiating through hierarchy. Use the creative imagination and see the three planetary centers, Shambhala, hierarchy, and humanity 
gradually coming into alignment and interplay. Meditation. Reflect on the seed thought. I am the mother and the child. I, God, I, matter, am.
precipitation using the creative imagination visualize the energies of light love and the will to good pouring throughout the planet and becoming anchored on earth in prepared physical plane centers through which the plan can manifest use the sixfold progression of divine love Shambhala, Hierarchy, Christ, New Group of World Servers, Men and Women of Goodwill, Physical Centers of Distribution. Lower interlude. We focus the consciousness as a group within the periphery of the great ashram and together sound the affirmation of love. In the center of all love, I stand. From that center, I, the soul, will outward move. From that center, I, the one who serves, will work. May the love of the divine self be shed abroad in my heart, through my group, and throughout the world.
Visualize the downpouring spiritual inflow released from Shambhala through the hierarchy and streaming into humanity through the prepared channel. Consider how these energies are preparing, establishing the pathway of light for the coming world teacher, the Christ. distribution. Sound the great invocation. And as it is sounded, visualize the outpouring of light and love and power from the spiritual hierarchy through the five planetary inlets. London, Darjeeling, Darjeeling New York, Geneva, Tokyo, irradiating the consciousness of the whole human race.
from the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into the minds of men. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into the hearts of men. May Christ return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide the little wills of men, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the race of men, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Thank you, everyone. We invite you all to join us for the next new moon meeting, which takes place in the sign of Libra on Wednesday, October 6th at 6 p.m. Eastern time. The following Libra full moon will take place Tuesday, October 19th at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Also to keep in mind, the World Goodwill Seminar occurs Saturday, November 6th. More information will soon be available at www.worldgoodwill.org. Thank you all.